You can be seated. It is family worship this morning, so uh, if you are with us this morning, you, we are with our kids, and we get the joy of hearing the sermon preached this morning, which will be a joy and a privilege, I know, as we are in our series, Gifted to Give. We are dealing with the spiritual gifts. We are understanding them as best as we can according to the Word of God, and I'll tell you what, it is a challenge to do the spiritual gifts in one sermon. I, I almost want to just do one gift in each sermon because there's so many things to talk about according to the Word of God and these gifts. We are gifted to give for the glory of God. Amen, church? He has given the church gifts to build itself up in love. Praise God that you are the body of Christ, each person given the spirit of the living God. And that spirit declares, as Steve said, that Jesus is Lord and thus have a desire to give to one another. Why? Because Christ has given to us. Amen? It makes sense for the church to be a people who give their lives to one another because Christ gave his life for us. In essence, this weekend we are going to be doing, next weekend, so Friday and Saturday, we are going to be doing a a whole series, a whole conference, if you will, on what it means to be the church. We are the church. We give our lives in, to one another in community, in fellowship, in relationship with one another. And we're going to be talking about how that is done in our church. And so we would love to invite you this weekend. We'll have dinner on Friday night. And it'll be a tremendous time together. You can go to our website and sign up for that if you would like to. And so these special occurrences in which the Spirit shows himself, we call these spiritual gifts. Unique, supernatural abilities given to every Christian to build up the church for the glory of Christ. Last week we talked about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge as God, as the church speaks. And what does it speak? It speaks Christ, the way of wisdom, and the way of knowing God. I pray that people would declare the truths of the scripture in wisdom and knowledge that is given to them by God. Now today we turn our attention to the next section of gifts, faith, and gifts of healings. Now notice, it is correct. It is gifts of healings. It is a plural statement in which it is gifts of healings. All right? So you need to understand that as we go on in our text And remember, as we walk through these gifts, all the mentions of the spiritual gifts passages are not the same. 
And Paul is showing us the diversity of gifts, not what the exhaustive list is. So while we look at these gifts, we are reminded of how God works through his church in a variety of ways. And how we as the church ought to ask the Lord God of heaven to give us gifts so that we can give to one another so that the body of Christ may be built up and the glory of God shown. Amen? All right, you ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Let's stand up in honor of reading God's word. We're just going to read the one, one section here. To one, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Amen? All right, you can be seated this morning. Father, we just ask that as we come before you according to your word and your truth, that you would help us to understand the truths of what these gifts are that they reflect your character, your faithfulness, your nature of the healing God. And we ask, Father, that we would reflect the nature and character of Christ through our life. And anything that happens according to your church, anything great that you might want to do, anything that is specifically good in your church. Father, we we give you glory because it all comes from you. It is not of our own effort. It is not of our own doing. It is not of our own abilities. It is your gifts that you give to your church. And Father, we pray, we pray that we would humble ourselves and that we would see your glory shown through people as they submit to you and are moved by the spirit of the living God to be gifted to give. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to think of your spiritual walk like a journey. You're on a path. You begin to walk this journey as you declare your faith in Christ, okay? So at the beginning of your journey, God gives you the faith to believe that he is God and that he has sent Jesus and that he is Lord, amen? And you you declare that. God has given you that faith and you begin to walk with your God. And then by his grace, he chips away at the sin in your life, revealing wicked things in your heart and in need of repentance, and reveals himself continuously through his word and through studying the scriptures, and you begin to increase your faith. Sometimes he disciplines you, bringing you back into fellowship with him. He causes you to go through suffering sometimes in order for you to be strengthened and show the steadfastness of your faith. All the time, God is at work in your life. Whether you know it or not, God is drawing you to himself and desires for you 
to reflect the glory of God with your life. The verse that best describes this journey that you're on is Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All things. It's not just some. God is working all things together for the good. Of those who are called according to his purposes. So God is at work in your health. And in your sickness. And I think it's very important to know before we talk about the gifts of faith and healing that we understand that God is working according to his purposes and he's working all things according to his purposes, not just some areas of our life. I had to learn this through experience. Uh, There was a boy... We met in the village in Thailand. We were missionaries and we specifically went to a village and we lived there for a month. We got to know the people. We <clears throat> we taught English in the in the village in the in the in the grade school. His name was Nat. You can roll that. This is a picture of Nat. Everyone was drawn to young Nat. He was a beautiful young man but while all the other boys and girls would be running up and down the stairs to go to class Nat had to crawl he had spastic cerebral palsy and he was confined to a wheelchair we developed a friendship with young Nat and we started a bible study right across the street from his house his father was an alcoholic. His mother worked all day in the fields picking onions just to make enough money for their family to live. One day I prayed and asked the Lord, if you can pause that for a minute, I'm, I'm behind on my minute, 30 seconds or whatever. I asked the Lord if, if he wanted to, to, to heal Nat. And so I I began to pray over Nat for healing. The village had no known Christians at the time, and we told him and his mother the story of the the paralyzed man whose friends lowered him through the roof, and Jesus healed him. And we prayed for healing. We're out in an unreached people group in the middle of nowhere with the young boy who we have a relationship with, asking God to heal him for his glory in order that the village might be saved because, because they saw that our God was true and right. And I, I became upset when the Lord didn't heal him. Just be honest with you. Why, Lord, When you could save all these people through this healing, but God had other plans. He had a great healing in store for young Nat. We began to raise money for him, and we did, 
to get a physical therapist to come to his home and work with young Nat. But no physical therapist would go all the way out to his village. And so what did we do? We worked with the physical therapist in the city a few times, and then we went out to the village and did physical therapy and exercises with him to strengthen his legs. And after multiple surgeries and months of physical therapy, I'm going to show a video, you can play it now, of young Nat walking into what we would call the church at this time, but a group studying the Bible. And God would actually heal Nat in a different way than I was expecting. This is Nat walking into the church. You see, as, as we were upset that the Lord had not healed Matt, we began to go to his home and we began to work with him on a weekly basis and we began to tell the stories about the Lord during physical therapy. And the times that we would be doing physical therapy, at the time we didn't know it, but he really couldn't read. That was him, a picture of him graduating college 
last year. Couldn't read at the time, and it was the stories that he needed to have faith to be baptized and place his faith in Christ. You see, sometimes God will heal, and he will give a glimpse of what the new heavens and the new earth will be like. Other times we are reminded of this broken world in our sickness as we long for Christ's return. Which is easier to say, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk. You see, the healing that the paralytic received in the story pointed to the greater healing of Christ, which was that his sins were forgiven. Nat was not physically healed, but by the grace of God, his sins were forgiven. Amen? And in essence, my prayer was answered. Let's look at the text again in verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one spirit. Let's talk about faith first. God gives the spiritual gift of faith to show his glory. Amen? He gives us the faith that we need for him to do mighty and incredible things for his glory. One of those things is salvation. We understand that God gives saving faith to people to declare that Jesus is Lord. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We know the text. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no man can boast. God gives gives us the conviction that we need to say, Jesus is Lord. I surrender my life to God. He gives it to us. I love that. Even your salvation is God's gift. Your faith in Christ is a gift that he gave to you. Because if it was about how smart you were or how hard you worked to get that faith or how many hours you spent studying, you might have a boast in the matter. But because it's not about you, it's about God and his gift to you. It's all about his glory. Essentially, what are we talking about, faith? Trusting In the steadfast love of God. Why? Because our God is faithful. Therefore, he gives us the the faithfulness to believe that he is who he says he is. God is a faithful God. And therefore, even if you can't see it in the moment or don't understand the circumstances, you are in Currently, God gives you the ability to trust in his steadfast love, in his purposes. The scripture that we read earlier, to work for the good of those who loved him, love him and are called according to his purposes. 
All the spiritual gifts are for his glory. That's why they are gifts. God gives them to his church, and we recognize that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But most likely, the faith that we see here in the text is the moving mountain kind of faith, right? We are all gifted with faith. But there are some who have the the gift, the spiritual gift of faith, this moving of mountains type of faith. Mustard seed, little faith. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, the smallest of the seeds, You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. In the context of this passage, there was a man whose son was demon-possessed. And the disciples could not cast out the demon. And Jesus is actually rebuking his disciples for their lack of faith. He's saying... You, you, you have little faith. So I, I believe that this type of faith is given by God, is a John the Baptist type of faith. Calling for the people to make way for the kingdom of God is here. Let me explain. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 says this. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's declared about John the Baptist, a prophecy about him in the New Testament. But listen to what Else is said in this text, every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill made low, the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Do you see it in Isaiah? The mountains become level. Why? To make a pathway for our God. The glory of God to be revealed. So what does that mean? It means that I believe that which accompanies this type of Mountain-moving faith is calling people to repentance and faith in Christ. It is calling upon people to follow the path of the Lord and is often done through moving obstacles in their path and this is often done through prayer. What was going on with the boy who was demon-possessed? He could not hear The truth, the gospel truth, the good news about the kingdom of God being there. Why? Because he was oppressed. The demon had taken hold. He was in bondage. 
And he needed something to move him so that he could open his ears and see his eyes to hear the message of the gospel. And there needs to be people who rise up in this church who pray for mountains to move in the lives of people so that they can hear and move down the path towards Christ. That is the gift of faith. Let's keep continue on. Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown to the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Again, going back into the passage of Isaiah, God moves mountains so that the kingdom of God can come and make a highway, a path for the Lord. He moves mountains so that God can come into the lives of his people. That's what John the Baptist did. He called people to repentance and faith. Jesus has made a way and we are calling people to it and removing every obstacle in their path through what? Through prayer. Church, giving someone the gift of faith is believing that God can change the direction of their life. It is praying that God would remove the blinders or the mountains And they could see the glory of God. Oh, that God would raise up in our church to have the faith of Hudson Taylor. As he believed God would win many Chinese converts through him and without any money or support, refusing to ask for a penny of help, he began what became the great and fruitful China Inland Mission. Oh, that God would raise up people in this body that would trust God to give their lives to reaching an unreached people group with the gospel. Oh, that God would raise up men and women of faith like George Mueller solely through trusting God in prayer in the ministry that God had given to him, continually seeing God provide in miraculous ways. Oh, that God would raise up men and women of God who would build boats in the desert. Church planting. Or sharing the gospel, calling people to repentance and faith in their, in their barren wasteland of their workplace. Oh, that God would break people free from their addictions. That we would have the faith that he can change the direction of their life. Oh, that we would have the faith to prepare the way of the Lord, trusting that God's word is true. Oh, that we would have the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, there is nothing our God cannot do. He is able to do that. I love Daniel 3, 17 and 18. Shadrach, 
Meshach, and Abednego. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. He is able, if he is able, But if not, we're still not going to bow down to your statue. They didn't know. They didn't know if God was going to deliver them from the fiery furnace. I think that's an interesting concept. Faith goes with healing in this way. God is able to heal. He is the great healer. Let's talk about healing for a minute. This is point number two. God gives the spiritual gift of heal gifts, excuse me, gifts of healings because he is a healing God. Isaiah is a theme today and we get biblical wisdom and knowledge we need from, from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah Speaking about the suffering servant who would be Christ, he tells us, Isaiah 53, 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I love, I love that phrase. With his wounds we are healed. God is a healing God. He sent Christ to heal us. 1 Peter 2.24 calls for this spiritual healing. Of the sickness of sin. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Peter's referring back to Isaiah. In the spiritual healing that he has given the forgiveness of sin. It's interesting in 1 Peter 2, 24, the tree of life now becomes the cross. And he hangs upon the cross on the tree, Peter says. He hung his body on the tree. He healed the greatest sickness, which is sin. Why? Because he took upon the wrath of God for sinners that we may be declared righteous. The greatest sickness is sin, the cancer of sin that has taken over mankind, has left us an eternal wrath of God that's going to be poured out against us. But you have been washed, you have been cleansed, you have been considered righteous. Why? Because he bore the sin upon 
the tree. Christ, the one who took upon himself our sin. And now we enter into the presence of God in peace and forgiveness. Why? Because of the finished work of the cross of Christ. We trust the steadfast love of God in his salvation through Christ. But isn't there some aspect of physical healing, Rob? I mean, didn't Christ heal the sick? Does God give gifts of healings? Matthew eight sixteen. Matthew's quoting the same text that we've talked about in Isaiah, yet he talks about it in a physical aspect. Matthew eight sixteen. that evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. This is Jesus. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. And we live in this already not yet tension of Christ. As he has won the victory, but we are still waiting for the full realization of the victory over sin and death. Sickness is what? A sign of the sinful world. It always reminds us that this world is not our home. That we are in need of salvation. That we are in need of a new body. That we are in need of forgiveness of sin. That we are in need of Christ himself. That we are looking forward to his return. This is what sickness does for us as the church. Sometimes sickness can be caused by our sin. James chapter 5 actually speaks of this, that we should confess our sins to one another and be healed. But that's not always the case. Job certainly wasn't sick because of his sin. He was sick to show the glory of God. Therefore, we look at to the ultimate healing of God in eternity where we will be healed in our new bodies. The sting of sin and death still haunts this broken world. And in some ways, it causes us to look forward to Christ as he sanctifies us. Some of the apostles were able to heal. But it doesn't mean that they could do it every time. Paul tells Timothy, hey, drink a little wine. Hopefully you'll feel better. Tells him his friend almost dies. Yet Paul is healing people according to as God wills in his life. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says this, in a moment, this is what we're looking forward to, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. And how shall we be changed? No more sickness. No more suffering. 
no more pain. We'll be in the presence of God. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We look to the future fulfillment of fullness of healing. We get to see pictures of that of Christ. And sometimes we get to see that through his church. But certainly no one has the ministry of healing to where they can heal on command. No, that is given by God in certain moments as he gives gifts, plural, of healings. But when Israel had left Egypt, they were without water in the wilderness. And they came upon some water. They began to grumble and complain. This is, this is, this is good for us. Why? Well, when we suffer with sickness, that's our tendency, right? To grumble and complain. And the water that they were going to drink was bitter, meaning it was distasteful. But the Lord provided some wood for Moses to throw in. And, and, I, and I believe the wood is referencing us back to the tree of life in which God had given for us to eat. We chose not to eat that. Now the water is bitter and we cannot drink it, but God can provide it to make it sweet. Amen? And now he's provided to make the water sweet. And he throws the wood in the water and made it sweet. And this is what it says. At the end of that statement, the Lord says to Moses, I am the Lord, your healer. Some people like to call it Jehovah Rapha. Now there's no doubt that this world can be very bitter. Amen? Sickness, disease, natural disasters, relationship broken, heartache, pain, suffering, injustice, oppression, mental illness, brokenness, even death makes life bitter. All is a result of the fall. All of it is a result of sin. And sometimes we drink that. We do. But our God is gracious. And merciful, and he wants to heal you. You know how I know that? Because he sent Christ. He sent Christ to show his love for us. Luke 4.40 says this, Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick and various diseases brought them to him, and he laid hands on every one of them, and healed him. 
We got to see a glimpse of the kingdom of God. They got to see Jesus heal every single one of them. But sometimes God doesn't heal physically in this life. Why? Because his grace is sufficient for us. Paul certainly had a thorn in his side. We don't know entirely what that thorn was, but it wasn't pleasant, I'll tell you that. And the Lord wouldn't remove it from him. He wouldn't remove the suffering or the pain or the sickness or whatever the thorn was, the relationship, whatever it was, he would not remove it from him in this life. And what does Paul say? Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. That it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes the Lord does not remove the thorn in our side. Why? Because he wants to show his power through you. He wants to transform you. He wants to sanctify you. He's not done with you. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, I am, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You understand that sometimes you're suffering, your sickness, just like Job is giving a glimpse of the one who suffered and died for you to be healed. You see, God's wisdom is greater than our wisdom, and yet when we have faith, even in our suffering, we're showing the world that this world is not our hope. We live for something greater, and we say, along with Christ, who said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father, if you are willing... Remove this cup from me. He knew God was able to remove the cup. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So when we ask for healing, church, we're not asking according to our will. We may ask for the Lord to remove the cup, And he may not, but he is able. And we need to have the faith that he is able. God is able to heal. Christ gives us a picture of healing that comes through him. Luke 8, 43 says this, There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him, And touched the fringe of his garment immediately. Her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman, that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Number one, faith glorifies God because you're trusting God for healing.
She had the faith that God could heal her, and he did. All glory to God. Paul was not healed, and he said, all glory to God. My weakness is made perfect through Christ's strength. God's power is made perfect through my weakness. My my family, when we were new believers, we went to church the first time. I can remember being a little boy. We wore a suit and tie to church, six years old. That was what we thought we needed to wear. It wasn't, I don't believe it was Easter Sunday. I don't think so. The first time we went to church, I wore a suit and tie. And... Either me or my brother had a terrible earache. I can't remember which one. It was six and four years old. And somehow, some way, we were talking to the pastor after the service. And somehow, some way, the pastor found out that one of us had an earache. It was probably pre-COVID, so you didn't you told people that you were sick at the time. <clears throat> and and he he laid his hands on me and my brother's ear and he prayed for us and i i don't remember if we were healed or not to be honest with you but it rocked my parents that someone would actually pray to God and ask God, talk to God for healing in their son's life. They'd never seen that. They'd never seen someone give them the gift of faith to pray and ask God for something in their life that was wrong or broken. As a result of the fallenness of the world. Their faith was increased by someone praying for them. I, I, I hear, I see, I understand the brokenness that we have in this world. I know that many today are feeling the effects of brokenness. Many are broken in their relationships, in their marriages. Many are broken from their sickness, their pain, their suffering. Many are broken from the effects of sin in their life. Many are broken from their, their children walking away from obedience. Many are broken from mental illness there's there's a variety broken from the bondage of sin the bondage of addiction their bondage of whatever is in their life there's many that are just broken in this room and you may hear the word of god this morning you may hear what christ 
has done for people, and we want to pray for you. And so we're going to take the next five minutes to pray for you. Would you allow someone to give you a gift of faith in praying for your healing in any area of your life? We're going to have people around the room, on the sides and in the back. And you just go up to the person, you say, I need prayer in this area of my life. And they're going to pray for you. Expecting God to move. He may not move in the way that you think he will. Just like Nat, right? But God will hear our prayer. And he's working together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so we want to ask the Lord, our healer, if he will to heal us in these areas of brokenness. So as I pray, I'm going to ask those people that we've talked to beforehand to move about and get into areas. And as we sing this song, I want you to just stand and go to somebody. You may know them, you may not. And I just want you to, to ask them for prayer. Don't pass up the opportunity for someone to give you a gift today of faith and maybe even healing in your area in your life. It may be small, it may be large. Don't pass up this opportunity. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to sing. Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to hear your word that you are the great God who heals us. Father, we know that there are people that are hurting, that are, that are feeling the brokenness of this world. And we ask, Lord God, that you would grant us the ability to find faith in you, that you can hear our prayer and that you do answer our prayers, Lord. May we ask with the proper motives as we come before you humbly, asking you to work in a mighty way in the lives of your people. Father, give us strength that we need. Give us, Father, people who need prayer. May they rise up and go and ask you. May people give the gift of prayer this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you'll stand up and find one of these people in the room. They would love to pray over you.